Well, welcome everyone to TMI Advice You Didn't Want. Today we're going to talk about one of those sticky situations that just gets all of your hair riled up on your head and you just can't stand a certain person. And what do you do about that? In case we haven't met, my name is Karen Angeli. I'm one of your co-hosts here and we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun figuring out how to deal with difficult situations. How's that? Mm -hmm. That sounds good. My name is Ashley and I've had a lot of fun, difficult situations as we probably all have. Um, and how I used to deal with it is very different to how I'm currently dealing with it. And I think actually diving into both and evaluating and dissecting them. Like for me, even in school, like, um, I had a lot of friends, like I was technically the popular kid kind of thing. Um, and which is hilarious because I was the weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) I was still the weirdo and people like I wasn't, um, like for the majority, like, um, I did a little bit of partying, but for the majority of like, or all of grade seven through grade 12, no partying. I went to parties and all that kind of stuff. And my friends constantly like you're so weird and crazy you should definitely get drunk so we can see what you're like or get high so we can see what you're like and I didn't do any of it um but I was definitely like weirder than the people that were doing the alcohol and the oh, drugs. me too yeah I was always yeah. the one that was like completely in in their own world like everywhere yeah. all the time hyperactive <laughs> like I just wanted to play and have fun all day and people were like what are you like when you get high or drunk and I'm like who knows <laughs> <laughs> I don't care because I'm having fun without it <laughs> exactly yeah I was uh, dancing on the tables but yes. I haven't yet <laughs> <laughs> yep and I have definitely done that before for too. Yes, <laughs> and I don't know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Um, I'm okay, but I'm not like good. I, I have no rhythm. Yeah, I, I, I grew up in dance classes, but I couldn't go very far because I have no rhythm. So um, anyways, I could, that could be a little tangent, but I won't go there. So <laughs> I always avoided it. Like mm. I, like if someone was like, I don't like you, like you're this, this, and this, I'm like, cool. Bye. And, um, I always had tons of friends, so it didn't really matter. Like it didn't feel like I was losing. I was really good at just like shaking it off. It doesn't matter. And moving on to a different group of friends or whatever it was. Um, so that was my way of dealing with it in the past. And even like, so I've gone through a divorce and when I went through that divorce, I was like, okay, changing my whole friend group like that did not work for me and they're all associated with him and I need a clean break and I literally would just like completely change everyone I surrounded myself with and I've done that multiple times in my life where it was just like new level new group of people and I think that was partially really healthy but also like I was really quick to just be like okay I'm done like you rubbed me the wrong way no second chances no forgiveness I'm moving on Mm. so yeah. So that was my, the old way I used to process and deal with things. So mm-hmm. I think honestly, I think that that can be really common. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't work that way. Cause I'm like, if you're my friend, I want to figure this shit out, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just how I am. But I know that 
Um, I had a friend and we've talked about this before together, you and I, Ashley, where I had a friend that she does that where she's like, you've wronged me. I'm done with you forever. And like, she just stopped talking to me altogether. And I was just like, what happened? Cause I'm mm -hmm. the person that's like, I want to figure this out. Let's have a normal conversation like that kind of thing. But I, mm -hmm. I do understand like being like, okay, well, this doesn't work. So I'm just going to walk away from it completely. But one thing that I've discovered is the more that you just walk away from it, it's like, did you learn what you mm -hmm. needed to learn when you just walk away and you don't yeah. actually like try and have those difficult conversations? Mm -hmm. um, because th those aren't easy at the end of the day. And sometimes at the end of the day, sometimes the other person doesn't want to hear your side and they don't care about your side and yeah. figuring out how to be okay with that too. That's mm -hmm. not an easy thing to, um, uh, an, uh, an easy river to cross because it's yeah. like, you have to be secure in the fact that, okay, well, I did everything that I did and they don't want to, and that's okay. Yeah. So, and that's not easy, but it's part no, of- No, and like, it wasn't that fast. Like I was someone that would um, take a lot too, mm. like, um, before it was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this mm. is who you are. And, um, in my adult life more so like I'd have like friends in high school be like, oh, like, why are you okay with not hanging out with us? And I'm like, well, every time I do, like, you want to talk about like self-harm and things like that. And that's just not my yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. And when I say let's do something else, let's talk about something else, you get upset with me. So I'm just going to go over here <laughs> and not over there. And do something um, else. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, because that was like, oh, I think it was in grade seven. I that was the big drama was that all like the more popular girls made a suicide pack. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, I'm out. Like not happening. Like, I don't, I don't have those thoughts. I'm not in that not happening. And they wanted to talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Oh. So I just went and that's where I like hung out more with the guys. Cause they weren't talking about that kind of stuff. And so the same group of friends, just more hanging out with the guys and the girls. And then they got really upset with me <laughs> for doing that. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I want to be your friend, but I'm not engaging in that kind of activity or conversation. So I never was like, you're out of my life. Like um, we were small town Saskatchewan. So I like still was nice and kind and friends with them. And eventually they moved out of that phase and then it was all great. <laughs> Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then in my adult life, when things would go down, I'd be like, Hey, like, let's talk about this. And I'm totally fine with confrontation. I do not run in the other direction from it. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, like, I don't like it. And I'm like, I'll, I'll do it just for fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you don't do that with me. Cause like for me, I don't, I don't think it's fun, but I know how to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where it's like, I've figured out a lot, like I've been married to my husband for almost 15 years at this point. And so yeah. I know what it takes to have good communication with somebody. And sometimes that yeah. means having those confrontational conversations and yeah. how to have them positively with the other person. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's not something I always just enjoy. I just know I've got to do this and I have no problem yeah um jumping in with both feet and going okay we have to talk like this is a thing so <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. well I rent out my RV or different things like whatever yeah. it is 
And sometimes I'll get reviews and they're not great. And it's like, I interacted with you in person and over the phone. And this one situation where I like bent over backwards and did like so much for them for free out of my like they wanted because they were driving a motorcycle to the RV. So they wanted me to pack stuff for them. And they wanted a generator dropped off at my house. And then for me to bring it to them. And it was like probably a four hour coordination with a delivery person and them um, both ways. And mm-hmm. so did a huge, huge thing for them, which I normally wouldn't do. And if I did, I probably would charge for it, but I was like, whatever. And then they gave me a horrible review. Mm. (laughs) And those reviews mean so much on like where you're placed. And so um, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to message them. And like, cause it's all behind the screen. So I messaged them and I'm just like, Hey, I thought we did really well Mm -hmm. at accommodating you. And I like um, had like coordinated a delivery on top of things and then charge extra and this and this and this and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm just curious what the lower review was about. And you can tell by their response that they're like, uh, I didn't think you would ever ask us about that kind of thing, <laughs> you know? And so wow. I'll have those kind of situations a lot where it's like, if you feel comfortable giving me a low review after you said to my face, how amazing everything was, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to talk and that's about just it. A random um, example mm-hmm. and so I did that with a friend of mine of thinking of an experience in specific um, in particular and I just said like hey like this is what this looks like what's going on like I thought this is what we agreed on and mm-hmm. then you can like feel that person be like eh, and I kind of like give you that tippy toe response where they know that they've wronged you, but they're going to try to find a way to blame you. And then when that stuff happens, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm out because you can't even have this conversation that is like productive and say, I'm sorry or whatever. And like, to me, apologies are so important and like saying like, okay, I understand that's what you didn't like kind of thing. That's so important. And if those kind of things don't happen and they don't happen on a repeated basis, then I feel no remorse for cutting you out of my life. So, yeah, yeah. no, I get it. So, I mean, (laughs) like for me, um, I can't even think of how I used to, because I feel like I've always kind of had this way of like dealing with sticky situations and I've gotten better. Okay. Yeah. No, let, let me, let me rephrase this. Cause I have definitely gotten better at managing my self-talk in a si- sticky situation. So like in mm-hmm. the past, if a sticky situation happened, I would have a pretty good intuitive understanding as to how to have the conversation in a healthy way so that both parties felt heard. Um, We could have a good conversation. I feel like that was always something that um, I had a good intuition about and that Mm -hmm. I always would kind of like, uh, I like figuring people out. Let's just say that. So that about me has been Um, very helpful in having like sticky situation conversations and um, Mm -hmm. what to do. But the thing that I didn't do back then that I do now is when I have a sticky situation or had a sticky situation back then in the day, I would play it over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And I would be like, oh, I should have said this. I would have been better if I did that way. And like you change it in your brain and then you continue to have the conversation with the person in your head. 
that is so sickening like literally you are making your brain sick and yeah. you are shutting all over yourself why mm -hmm. shoulda coulda woulda all over myself yeah. and you're literally just stuck in the past when you do that too and that was like that was something that i did all the time that mm -hmm. was literally probably the number one reason that i look back at my life and i'm like that's the reason i would stay stuck in a mm. lot of situations because I would shoulda, coulda, woulda. And yeah. um, I would have this like sense of beating myself up for having said something a certain way or done something a certain way. Yeah. Listen, Linda, like if they're <laughs> gonna take it negatively, mm -hmm. that's on them because I would like, I can't say always because I can't always be like, I was the best person all the time. But if <laughs> I would try and have conversations with people when I wasn't in that flared up emotional state, like, mm -hmm. how do I have this conversation so that you can hear me and I can hear you? And so I would sometimes wait until it was like, okay, I can have this conversation now. And then I would have the conversation. Yeah. But then after the conversation was over, it would be like, I just would beat the crap out of myself because I'm like, they didn't take that well. And I should have said this. And now they're not, I remember whenever I lost that really good friend that I had, I beat myself up for years. And mm -hmm. I'm not kidding when I say years, because it yeah. took me, it was like I had a, a boyfriend, girlfriend breakup. That's how bad it was because I was just like, Mm -hmm. uh, like this person was important. We were like really good friends for like four or five years, like inseparable. Yeah. Right. And then like, we have this one incident and I'm like, listen, like, this is what happened with me. Let's talk about it. Like, let's, let's get into it. And it was like, nope, I'm not doing that. And I beat myself up for all of the things that led up to that point where she said, nope, I'm done with you. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like, um, as I've kind of progressed and gotten better with this, like I now, I don't go through the shoulda, coulda, woulda. And when I notice that I do, I'm like, I can stop this. Like, I don't have to sit here and ruminate about something that happened five, five hours ago, 10 days yeah. ago, five years ago. It doesn't matter. Like it's done. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if I just look at how can I be the best version of me right mm -hmm. now? for this moment, instead of focusing so much on what I did in the past and what somebody's going to think of me from what mm -hmm. I did in the past, like that would keep me stuck for a long time of what mm -hmm. other people were thinking of me because of something that happened in the past. And yeah. that like, when you let that go, it's just so liberating. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people really struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that hasn't been a big thing. Like it, it actually took me a long time to even understand that that's where a lot of people were at. Um, I had this one friend that would message me all the time and be like, oh my God, I've been up all night thinking about what I said. And I just really want you to feel like this is what I meant by it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's how I took it. That's You're how good. I got it, yeah. And they'd be like, okay, okay. I haven't been able to sleep. I'm like- <laughs> I did that. I, I was that person. Yeah. I was I, not I think, anymore. I think a lot of people are because once like once that incident happened, um, I became more aware of that specifically. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is how a lot of people are living. And 
Um, for me, I am more of a proactive warrior than a mm. reactive warrior. Mm. Not that it's better. No, but yeah, neither like, one's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll more so be like, okay, these are the situations that could happen. So if these happen, how am I going to respond kind of thing? So I'm more of that kind of person. Like um, in the beginning of my relationship with my partner, with our kids, um, his ex um, stalked us twice. And yeah. And like claimed she was in the area for something else as we're in this random commercial area for something very specific to us that no one else really mm. would be over there, especially not her, mm. but like, unless she worked in like the trades or something, you know, and still our parenting time and she pulls up right beside us on the side of the road. And it's like, no, like that's not appropriate no matter what. Mm -mm. And so I used to be like, okay, I'm going to the store with the kids. I wonder what I would do if I ran into her and it's just me and the kids and Derek's not here. Like, what would I do? And I'd have those thoughts every once in a while, like, how would I respond? And so sometimes it's okay. Like, I feel like sometimes it set me up for situations where I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Cause I've already like had this thought yeah. process in my head. Yeah. So I don't have that thought process of process of like, oh my God, I was surprised and I wasn't ready. And I reacted this way and I should have reacted this way. Mm -hmm. So it has helped me out of a few of those kind of situations but I think if it's excessive mm -hmm. it's always going to be unhealthy so there's a couple of times where um because I didn't think about it every time we went somewhere because that would be too much but there was a couple of times where I'm like hey like we don't care we're not thinking about that anymore and would have to like push it away um so yeah <laughs> another thing like I do now so like we've talked about how we um have those hard conversations when we have to with people that are important to us because otherwise you're just not really learning and you're cutting people out and you're essentially isolating yourself you're creating a you island yeah. um but there's people like my partner's ex and my children's mother that I can't have a normal conversation with yeah and to me like out of my training the biggest indicator of if you're having like a normal conversation is if you ask a question, are they answering it in your box? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that analogy mm -hmm. before, but it's like, if you were to say like, hey, what color is the sky right now? And you go, oh, the grass is rectangular. And it's like, what? Like, Excuse me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, not what I asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but people do that when they don't have emotional maturity mm -hmm. and emotional intelligence, or they literally just can't like, and I think there are people like that, like narcissists just can't. Um, and there's other types of people too, where it's just like their, their brain won't connect. And I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. But it'll be like, I ask her a question about this topic and it's like, oh, this thing over here yeah. from six months ago was all your fault. Okay. I was like, okay, Thanks. cool. Sure. But let's go here. Like, we're going to talk about this. And if you can't, after multiple rewording and asking proper questions and effective questions and get them into that box you're never going to be able to communicate with them there is some kind of block and it can be like 
emotional intelligence, narcissism, jealousy, hatred, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many reasons. And so that is my relationship with her. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. we can't answer questions into the same box. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have started to do is to talk to her on a soul level. And is it effective always? No, because she still is who she is in her like flesh and bone. Um, And there is that aspect. But I do notice like the times that I take more energy and more um, intention and more like being present to talk to her at a soul level before we have to interact or before I send a text message, it usually is a little bit more in flow and a little bit closer to that box. Yeah. (laughs) So, So explain what you mean to people that are like, what does it mean to talk to somebody on a soul level? Like explain what you do. Yeah. And like, honestly, there's probably a lot of people that make it very woo woo and like, Mm. like this is the formula and you have to Mm. have six candles lit. Oh my God. (laughs) I think that we get so stuck in our freaking traditions and how things have to be that it's like, friggin' stop it. Everything is energy. Calm down. (laughs) And like, I am definitely one of those people that will like, I love my rocks and I love my incense. Sure. Nobody said you can't. Yeah. And Nobody said you I can't. do enjoy the like reassurance of a ritual and all that kind of stuff. But let's be honest, life doesn't really give us a lot of opportunity to do that in the hustle and bustle. Oh. And so sometimes I'm like walking out the door, talking to her as I'm like driving towards her, you know, sometimes I've pulled up and been like, Oh shoot, I need to quickly do this. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. So what do you um, do? Like, what's the thing that yeah. you're like, this is what I do. Yeah. So I honestly just like envision her in my head in front of me. And um, I say to her, like, I'm coming to you on a soul level, like my soul to your soul in our purest form. And I want to communicate with you that we are doing this out of light and love for the best and highest good of our children. And that whatever interaction we have today, it is not focused on me and you, it is focused on them. them. And that we are able to put aside whatever, like our animosity, our like whatever, (laughs) and that this interaction is a soul interaction for the highest good of our kids. Mm -hmm. Like that easy, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we forget how much of a creator that we are because Mm -hmm. we have been I, and like, I say this and I know Ashley, sometimes you're like, I don't get that word, but like, I feel mm-hmm. like we've been completely blinded by the illusion of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is that we miss out on the fact that we've created it by what mm-hmm. we're thinking and feeling and the feeling yeah. be the most important thing on that soul level. Like, what are we thinking and feeling right here, right now? That's what's creating our possibility for our future, our everything that we see in this world. And so when you talk about talking to somebody on a soul level like that, like some people will be like, well, that seems kind of ridiculous, but what does that do for your energy? Like, let's just talk about that alone. If it, if, if it does nothing else, you having that conversation in your head gets you 
into a good feeling place because you know what your intention is and yeah. intention in my opinion is literally what creates at the end of the day that intention that feel good intention every time you connect with her mm -hmm. even though you're like we can't really have a civil normal conversation yeah. you're actually connecting in a way with yourself that makes it so that you can be more present. And I think that mm -hmm. that's beautiful. I love that you do that. So. Yeah. And it also puts in the possibility of normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, if I'm talking to like you, like who she is, is just everything that I'm not about. Right. And so I don't like things that I'm not about. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty normal for a lot yeah. of us. <laughs> and so I, when I think about interacting with her or dealing with her, it's just like, ugh, I have to deal with this person that is about everything that I hate. Yeah. And so it is really hard. And to see the abuse that is inflicted onto my children mm -hmm. makes it so it's like so much more fiery hatred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so by doing that, it calms me down, calms down my animosity that, oh, okay, like there is probably, we don't know for sure. Like I do believe there are beings on this earth that do not have a soul. Um, but I am going to guess that probably she does have one. And at the core, we are all connected. And so if I can keep interacting with that part of her, then maybe there's a possibility that one day the kids get the best version of us together. Yeah. So it gives, it gives it a hope, you know, it gives it a possibility. Yeah. And so it just tones everything down for me as well. But yeah. And it makes you like, like I said, it makes you more present mm -hmm. because yeah. you're like, this is how I'm going to enter in this situation instead yeah. of like, it's that proactive thinking that you were talking mm -hmm. about. Um, yeah. instead of rushing into a situation and then going, Oh crap, Mm -hmm. I'm not ready for this. Like, um, I know one of my, uh, favorite teachers is Dr. Joe. I've talked about it before. And he talks about mental rehearsal mm -hmm. and like yeah. that positive way of mentally rehearsing. What is it mm -hmm. that you have been doing and that how do you actually want to respond instead? And so yeah. what you just did where it's like, well, this mm -hmm. is how I have been responding to her, but that's not really effective. It's not really getting the, it's not really getting the job done. We're not communicating. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when you have sticky situations like that, and you're like, I just can't talk to this person. The only yeah. energy you can control is you. Yeah. And like for a lot of people that are listening, this might be a lot of TMI advice you didn't want, but mm -hmm. the truth is, is that you are creating that reality out there. So yeah. you get to control your energy in the situation. And that is literally the only thing that yeah. you can control. Mm -hmm. Everything else out there, that yes, it's a direct correlation of what you're thinking and feeling. So mm -hmm. if you want to control it, 
think and feel something different. Like, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it isn't easy. Let's be honest. Like, it's not a difficult formula to be like, change your thoughts and feelings. But it's also the reason it's so difficult for us to do that is because our subconscious brain can be a little fucker sometimes. Let's be mm -hmm. honest, because we have yep. these programs that have been running since yeah. we were children because we saw life in a different way when we were children. Mm -hmm. And so we're raised in a certain way. We start to believe certain things and those subconscious programs get stuck in there. And we yeah. think that this is how things should air quotes mm -hmm. be done. And yeah. when they're, when they don't get done the way that we think it should be done, we can yeah. sometimes go, Ooh, I didn't like that. And then we, our little five-year-old comes out that was mm -hmm. hurt by yeah. this kind of event that happened to them when they were five years old. Now it's happening again. Yeah. And here's the thing, like when you start to notice those subconscious patterns that you developed over time mm -hmm. and you start going, nope, like you literally have this thought. Like I, I literally think of like, I don't know, I feel like you're a Lord of the, Ring, Lord of the Rings fan, um, mm -hmm. but I think of Gandalf where he's like, none shall pass. That's what I think about when I'm thinking about my thoughts that I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not serving me. And I literally have that thought in my head where it's like, nope, we're yeah. done with you. That's mm -hmm. not serving me anymore. And I can yeah. tell you like there was something that happened um, it was over the weekend and it was kind of like, I don't really know what to do with this, but mm -hmm. I realized that the situation that I had been in, the other person was judging me from their point of view, Yeah, but they weren't actually looking at it from my point of view. Cause they, at the end of the day, really can't fully see my point of view. Cause I haven't lived my life. So mm -hmm. at that point, I can choose to go, you know what, like, you're allowed to have your own opinions, but I think I'm pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not me being arrogant. That's not me being having like this narcissistic, narcissistic personality. It's just me going, actually, no, I'm, I'm source, you're source, I'm divine, you're divine. We're mm -hmm. both allowed to discover this yeah source inside of us, the source in this world in mm -hmm. our own personal way. And it may yeah. not be the same way that we do it. And I am okay with that. Mm -hmm. And then allowing those words that are said to us, just realizing that that's coming from their fear. And it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that that's who you are. I think yeah. this is one of the biggest reasons that I realized at a certain point that mentors are helpful, but they're not the one and only. Mm -hmm. That yeah. at the end of the day, when you get that self-awareness and you can actually start truly evaluating for yourself, like what's going on with your own thoughts and feelings, and you start mm -hmm. to emotionally regulate and you start to build your emotional intelligence, you don't need anyone coaching you on the outside to do that because you become your mm -hmm. own coach at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. And this is probably one of the biggest reasons that I love people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, because he talks about you becoming your own coach, listening to other people on the outside, while it can be helpful, they are missing out on the very core of what's actually going inside you.
Mm-hmm. And so if they're missing out on all of your life experience, they don't realize your self-awareness, they don't realize what's going on in you, then they can't really fully give you a direction forward. That's where you become your own rudder on, on a ship, right? Like you're yeah. the one that now directs the mm-hmm. way that you want to go. And so, yeah. yes, have a mentor. That's helpful. Absolutely. But at a certain point, you get to a point where you're like, I don't need somebody to tell me what to do because yeah. I've become self-aware enough to actually go, mm, is this effective or is this ineffective with what I'm doing right now? And that's yeah. the game I, changer. Yeah. I think the biggest key part to that is trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like having that self-awareness and trusting, trusting that you it. are accurate in your self-awareness. Yeah. Um, like there's times where I'm like, oh, I, I really feel this deeply, but it's really out there. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know a lot about this specific area. And so I'll call up a coach or a mentor and thankfully sure. I do have a lot of those on standby. Yeah. But, and then it's like, they just reaffirm what I've said, or they'll say, Oh yeah, that's this, that's like this. I'm like, Oh yeah, I knew that. Okay. And it just kind of reaffirms that. And so it's that having that self-confidence. So like we have confidence in our mentors, but we need to make sure that we have that self-confidence yeah. in ourselves. And, um, Oh, you guys said something that also tied into something I was going to say, I was going to line it up so it wasn't completely at a left field but um, <laughs> we like left field so, though it's fun <laughs> yeah it, it was it's not going to be as beautifully like <laughs> it's okay let's um, left field it <laughs> yeah. so part of another thing that I do is so I have that conversation and if I'm proactive enough um so like I'm still at my house or I'm not quite to the parking lot or whatever it is I will send the light ahead of me Mm. And I don't know if you've heard that term or not, yes. probably, yeah. Um, so essentially I have that conversation on a soul level and then I send like I envision light and I personally love like holographic sparkly white light mm-hmm. um, and I send it and sometimes it looks like a laser beam zooming around and sometimes it's more like flowy, like a ribbon or a curtain. It doesn't matter. Um, and I say that because some people are going to tell you that this is what your light needs to look like this Mm -hmm. is the color it needs to be and all that kind of stuff it doesn't matter you send the light and the love ahead of you and it basically just purifies and um preps the way ahead and so you can do that like going into court um going into a job interview going to exchange children with someone that you don't like There's a lot of ways that you can use that or just like, I'm going to the grocery store and let's have this beautiful, like present time there. Like keep me safe while I drive. Like there's so many wonderful things that you can use that with. And I know some people that never get into a car without sending the light before them. Mm. I am not one of them. Mm. (laughs) I do not remember. I often am on like autopilot, Mm. but that's okay. And that's another thing too. A lot of people look at these really high up like mentors, like, um, and they're like, Oh, they are so perfect. They, no. they always do like choku Ray Reiki around their vehicle. Uh, um, every time they get into a vehicle and an airplane and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, cool if you do, yeah. but it's also, 
it's in you. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I rarely do choke ray around my whole vehicle. I do occasionally. Um, but I also have this knowing that I am safe and I am protected and my dogs are safe and they're protected and my kids are safe and they're protected. My partner is safe and he's protected. And I know that I don't need to do the thing every single time I get into vehicle because I'm always protected. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if you're doing it because this is just my thought on it. If you're doing it because you want to be more present, please Mm -hmm. do it. Because that if we had more people in this world that were present to their current moment and weren't thinking about the past or thinking about the future, I think our world would just be a totally different place to be completely Mm -hmm. honest. Like if we had more people that knew how to get back into the present moment. Yeah we would not have the issues that we do. We wouldn't have the communication issues. We wouldn't have war. We wouldn't have people hacking you on the computer. Like we wouldn't have all this stuff because people would feel more whole. That's Mm. just a side effect of becoming more present is that Mm. you start to feel more whole at the end of the day. And so if you're doing that kind of stuff where you're like, I want to put this energy around my car, do it mm-hmm. because it gives you that presence, not because you feel like you have to do a ritual every time you get into your car. Like yeah. that for me is the miss. Well, and the miss also is if it's disrupting your life. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people use spirituality as a way to control their life yeah. and be perfect. Like, oh, like I have my nine red candles and I light them every morning and I my house is set up and I have everything perfectly feng shui and I have this crystal here and this crystal there. Oh, don't touch it. You know, Ah, (laughs) you'll put your energy in it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's not a thing of like flow. It's a thing of like strangle control. And we find that in many addictions and a lot of people find that in religion. And that's where you get like intensely crazy churches and whatever, but it also can be in the crazy people that are burning incense with mirrors all over their house and like everything has to be perfect or they're not spiritual, you know, and it's all just a facade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this conversation. I feel like we should continue this conversation on another podcast, but for today, (laughs) I think we're going to call this one a wrap because we covered a lot of really good stuff. I feel like we had a lot of really good tidbits in there. I personally just love that you're like, I talk to this difficult person on a soul level. Like if you are not taking notes on that one, you should people, cause mm-hmm. that was good stuff right there. So, but um, if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and smash that subscribe button first of all, and then like this video that helps us create more content just for you. And we wanna know what it is that you wanna hear us talk about as well too. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, please give us a five star if you're loving what you're hearing because that helps us as well. So um, with that, I think we're going to call TMI advice you didn't want a wrap for today. So we will see everyone next time. Awesome.